Since 2009, SharesPost has been a leader in the secondary market for private company shares. With its network of 44,000 accredited investors and 150,000 members, SharesPost has transacted in more than 200 companies. Whether you're an investor or a shareholder looking for liquidity, SharesPost has a solution for you. Visit us at SharesPost.com. Coming up on Equity, a big week for earnings. Square buys Weebly, and we've got the latest on the next crop of IPOs. Welcome to Equity. I'm TechCrunch's Katie Roof, uh, joined by Alex Wilhelm, who's the editor-in-chief of CrunchBase News. Hello. And our special guest today is James Hardiman, who's a partner at Data Collective. Thanks for having me, Katie. Thanks for joining. It's been a big week of earnings. We'll start with Facebook because they've been in the news lately. In case you've been living under a rock, uh, they've had some controversy surrounding the the Cambridge Analytica scandal. Basically, there was information that a political group was able to get uh, using Facebook data, and they there are some members of that organization or former members of that organization that are claiming they used it to manipulate voters and potentially influence the U.S. presidential election and in the 2016 election. And given how controversial that outcome was uh, this has become a big scandal. And there was this whole thing that unfolded, like delete Facebook, hashtag delete Facebook, Facebook, whatever it was. But it turns out people didn't actually delete Facebook. (laughs) Their earnings show that they're doing just fine. They have 1.45 billion daily active users. That's a lot. Uh, 2.2 billion monthly active users. Like, you know, just try to wrap your head around it's that. It's like I one mean, third of the planet, right? I mean, <laughs> Almost, yeah. So, I so mean, if you have six friends, mathematically, two of them are on Facebook. Or actually, more likely, if you're in the U.S. and you have six friends, it's it's more than that because, uh, you know, some parts yeah, of the world... Kind of useless there. Yeah, <laughs> but no, but I mean, some parts of the world, Facebook is, in developing countries, I mean, they're, they're making an effort those countries, but not everyone has equal internet access. So they're huge. Um, and yet yeah, they did better than what the Wall Street was expecting. Their revenue was $11.97 billion versus the $11.4 billion that uh, Reuters estimates expected. And then um, the earnings per share was $1.69 versus $1.35. So they beat pretty handily. And uh, yeah, so So no one deleted Facebook. I mean, you know, my friend count didn't go down. So I think um, I kind of suspected that this was overblown because at the end of the day, you can be mad about mad about everything. But like, it's hard to delete Facebook. I know you did, Alex, previously. Well, previously. No, no, I've split the fence on this. I am deactivated. Since You're January. deactivated. Um, Doesn't that mean if you go back, you can just you can just get your data back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, but you can't like find me on Facebook, so I, I'm I'm gone. But I'm only like hiding in the cave. Like, boo! I'm still here. Um. So if I ever break down, but now it's been so long, I don't want to like log back in, reactivate Facebook, and then delete it. It feels mummified enough to be left in the sarcophagus. You know? Like, do you miss it? Not a single time. Why did you delete it or deactivate it? Um. I had a good reason for this. Well, I was cleaning up my online presence in general. I deleted all my tweets. Um, you you know. were applying for a new job. Is that what was happening? Uh, <laughs> no. Although that would be a, actually that's hilarious. I'm glad I didn't tell him my work. I was doing that. They would have got suspicious. No. Uh, I it just I I I'm of the age in which I joined Facebook when I was what a freshman in high school, something like that. <laughs> and I, it really got to the point when I was just like, what if I said something dumb back when I was like 17? Do I want because if that gets found and and pointed out, then my career could be 
over. Who knows what I said when I was dumb? Well, I, feel and drunk. Like, I feel like Trump. Trump's demonstrated that you can say basically whatever you want on social media and and, and still still be all right. But, uh, but, but I are the American voters the same as, as corporations? And that, I don't <laughs> <No>. know. <laughs> they they are not the same thing. And so my 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 thought was: Look, I just don't. One, I don't need Facebook in my life. It doesn't make me happier. Two, I don't like other people, so I don't want to interact with them. And three, it's a little bit of self defense. And 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 I still have my Instagram account. I separated the two. Um, but I'm on Insta and Twitter. And if you don't like that, text me so I can ignore you in better ways. That's my view. Yeah, and, and their mobile ad revenue is 91% of their revenue. I mean, so clearly they make money off of ads. I mean, you know, what, what is that joke? Like they say, if you don't pay for the service, you're the product. That's right. what everyone likes to say in Silicon Valley. So, you know, everyone's all creeped out by this, I mean, as they should be, by this exploitation of, of the data. But um, at the end of the day, Facebook is built on selling our data. Facebook is built on using the information that we give them to sell to advertisers. The difference here, though, was that people were surprised to find out that it wasn't just them signing up to use this quiz that, that helped generate data, but also friends signing up Can that I helped with get that. Just a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I would change the phrasing just slightly because it's not Facebook selling your data to an advertiser. It's Facebook using your data to make a sale for an ad to that advertiser. Because if Facebook won't let your data, they won't sell it per se, right? They let, sure. they let people target Fair. against right. it. They sell access to you. Right, that's, that's exactly. what I was trying that, to say. That's, yeah, a, yeah. that's a better way of phrasing it. Yeah. Because I, I think that people are like, Facebook sells my data. Oh, no. But it's like, no, because that's their competitive advantage. They don't want to get let it out of the box because the box is how they manage to make all that $11, 12000000000 billion in revenue. Um, Facebook, by the way, just it's staggering operating profit and operating margins just every quarter. I'm so impressed. Right. The, this company is just uh, – it just it just craps gold. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, indeed. I think one of the, one of the interesting things buried in, in the earnings call was the talk about uh, internet.org. And how they've given access to 100 million new people through that through that endeavor, uh, and I think the rest of world earnings on average per person is something like 1.7 uh, dollars per year. Uh, dollars per year. So so through this initiative, if you just multiply, you know, they've generated 170 million dollars. So it looks like charity, and certainly it's great <laughs> to get you know other uh, people who don't have access to the internet access to the internet. But this is a profitable endeavor for Facebook. Absolutely. And, and Google does similar things where they try to get, you know, developing countries and other people on the Internet. Um, they benefit from this. They absolutely benefit from more of the world getting on Internet. Because, I mean, you get to a certain point when you're so saturated in the United States and, and other in Europe and other major countries that it's really hard to grow. So they have to basically buy their growth this way. And, <laughs> you know, they also give Internet. So, I, I you know, I have no complaints. But um, but it's not it's not charity. That's definitely it's definitely not charity. Their market cap is now over 500 billion, which is interesting. You know, you think back at the time of their IPO, like, Six years ago, almost six years ago, everyone acted like Facebook was was dead and it was terrible stock and blah 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 blah. But you know they have done really well. <laughs> but I feel like it's kind of a rite of passage for social companies that go public to go through this period of being beaten by the market because Twitter, which reported earnings this week as well, went through a period of, of very dramatic stock price declines. They were the kicking dog of, of the technology Wall Street kind of sphere. And they've now more than doubled their share price since their 20, I think it was 16 lows, and they're doing quite well. The two so, of us have single-handedly helped Twitter with our obsession. Obsession is the only word for it. Dedication would be a politer way of saying that, but just just addiction maybe. Yeah. Um, but Twitter, uh, moving into it really quickly, beat on um, profit and revenue and had 
moderately strong growth for it on users. So the numbers, just so everyone kind of has them, is uh, Twitter had revenue of $655 million in the quarter, way above forecast of $608 million, And they had uh, adjusted EPS of $0.16, cents, which was a third greater than expected of a $0.12 cent, uh, adjusted result. But critically, Twitter had another quarter of actual profit. Not, yeah, not second one in profit. a row. Like, they were legitimately profitable. I'm so proud know? of them. I just want to give them a big hug. They didn't spend <laughs> all their money on share-based comp this time. Like, that's fantastic. And that means, for me, as a Twitter you know, diehard that's going to be around in 20 years, because I've been on it now for 10, and I want to keep torturing myself. And monthly active users were 336 million, yes. so it was slightly above the 334 million they were expecting. I mean, you know, they have seen very modest user growth, but uh, they're monetizing those users better than ever. Yeah, revenue was up 21% year over year. And then they also gave us their Amazon metric, which is that their DAUs, daily active users, grew by 10% year over year. Now, how many? I don't know. That's like Kindle sales. They're record. They're always up 20%, and we have no idea what they are. Well, I think one of the things that I've been most impressed <clears throat> by Twitter is that they've been able to survive in the public markets unprofitable for, for so long. Uh, and I think some of the bet uh, like that VCs- Amazon did for so long? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, uh, well, well, maybe we'll talk about this later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but a lot of the trends that VCs have been talking about, which is like the shift from tele- the shift of ad ad spend from television to digital, I think is really starting to support these companies. It's just taken a really long time. I think that that's absolutely true. But the fun thing is, I wish we were talking actually a couple of days from now because Snap reports on the on the first, I believe, and Snap is currently in the middle of its period of being beaten up by Wall Street. So it'll be curious to see if uh, Facebook and Twitter, which did have that time period and grew out of it. Uh, can be followed by Snap. Um, but given Snap's current financials, I would say that's a coin flip. Anyways, um, we are now going to do something new on equity, which is going to be uh, big company earnings quick hits. We're going to try <laughs> to get through these without spending 15 minutes a piece on each because we could actually talk about Amazon for an hour. Uh, but Katie, what happened to Amazon? So everybody beat this quarter, and Amazon was included in that beat. Uh, they reported earnings of $3.27, which is a lot above the $1.26 that analysts have been expecting. Um, the net income, they're very profitable now, was $1.6 billion, up from $724 million last year. And as we were saying a little bit earlier, Amazon was not profitable for a long time, but in recent years has turned a corner, a big corner. Uh, revenue was fifty-one. $0.04 billion, um, that was above the $49.78 billion that Wall Street forecast, and a 43% increase from the same time last year. So that's pretty crazy if you think about how big Amazon already was to still be growing that much. Um, and the $31.6 billion of that came from products, $19.4 billion came from services. Uh, but yeah, AWS, Amazon Web Services, their cloud computing business was up 49% year over year, accounting for $5.4 billion in revenue or 11% of Amazon's revenue. So big quarter for Amazon. Great time to be their stock. Uh, Shares are up 65% in the past year. Right. So Bezos continues to be one of the greatest operators of all time. And the thing that I would point out that's different about Twitter is I think uh, Bezos was taking advantage of basically government subsidized R&D by spending uh, his cash uh, and, and driving down profitability, whereas Twitter, I think, was just struggling. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I, also, Amazon was growing at a much more sequentially interesting way as opposed to Twitter, which was it had some ups and downs in the middle of there. But again, not to be mean to Twitter. I'm very glad Twitter is doing well. It is it is the only tech company that I think you could say that I stand for because I uh, I do use Twitter the first thing when I wake up and the last thing when I go to bed and all the times in between. <laughs> um, but moving on to Microsoft, another one of the uh, big five. It also beat on expectations. Uh, unlike 
Amazon, though, its stock went down a little bit right after earnings, which were about an hour and a half ago from the recording time. Uh, and people are still trying to figure out why that dip happened. And according to my Twitter feed before I got in the studio, uh, we didn't really know. Uh, but here are the big line items. Uh, 95 cents per share in profit over an 85 cent per share expectation. Revenue of $26.82 billion far above $25.77 billion expected. And so they grew 16%, which is not an Amazon number, to be clear. But from a software company this mature and this large 16% growth year over year in the middle of a transition from kind of an on-prem world to a cloud world, I don't think it's that bad, actually. Um, and a couple of just, if you don't follow Microsoft, there was a big reorg, um, and I'm not going to break down to you, break down how exactly that kind of worked out, but there's now kind of three big bits, if you will. And so the more personal computing, which is like Windows devices, search and all that, did 9.92 billion in revenue, not 9.25, as expected. Productivity did 9.01, not 8.73 billion. And the quote, intelligent cloud did 7.9, not 7.68. I do all of that to tell you that each bit of Microsoft beat expectations, not just the company as a whole. And then last thing on this, and I'll drop it, I promise, is that Azure, which is their AWS kind of cognate or comp, if you will, grew, I think, was 93% year over year, uh, which was down sequentially from 98%. But, you know, that growth rate's higher than AWS, but critically, it's a lot smaller. So it's growing from a smaller base. But it all looks pretty good for these companies. And so I guess to sum this before we go to Alphabet, the rich get richer and uh, sucks to be everyone else. Cloud. Cloud. It's all about the cloud. All right. And then last one, really quick, uh, Alphabet. AKA Google's holding company. Um, revenue grew to $31.16 billion, up, I think it was 26%. Um, they, they just did really, really, really well. Wall Street expected $30.36 billion. They earned $9.93 per share adjusted, over 9.28 expectations. And then the fun stuff. So other bets, which is Alphabet's uh, Skunk Works, if you will. It's their park, or pick your analogy. It's also their muddy pit. Uh, revenue there was $150 million, up from 132 in Q117. And the losses there were down to $571 million from 703 in the year ago quarter. Uh, I'm not going to get into tack and other kind of technical details here, but if you cover that stuff, traffic acquisition costs. There you go. Um, it's there's a lot of fun stuff always in alphabet earnings to unpack if you care about click, uh, CPC rates and all that good stuff. But I'll drop it. But cost the, per click. Got to define this stuff. I'm trying to not, not define it. it act- to the same degree. I'm actively trying to just annoy people and move on. Uh, <laughs> was, one of the things that I thought was interesting that you were able to tease out was Nest's revenue based on an accounting difference, yeah. uh, or or uh, sorry. Uh, a way that they they were accounting for the nest revenue, and I think it was something like seven hundred twenty five million dollars in top line, so close to a billion, pretty impressive, but still at an operating loss. Yeah, um, I'm actually pulling that up uh, for us. Uh, Recode had the best article about this, and uh, we can just do the numbers. So Nest did seven hundred twenty six million in revenue for uh, Google. I guess now because it's been brought into Google's house. Is that and that's right? the smart home stuff that they bought a few years ago. Yeah, for Tony those of you who didn't follow. Yeah, uh, so it had $726 million in revenue, and uh, who wants to guess how much money it lost on an operating basis last year? I don't know. A lot? Correct, but how much a lot? <laughs> I have no idea. Just tell half me. A, half a billion. More than that, $621 million. You weren't that far off. That, that was, was a good guess. Close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Nest uh, was the, the, the thermostat company kind of now. They've moved into doorbells and smart cameras and all that sort of stuff that I don't buy from my house. Lots of doorbells. I mean, Amazon bought Ring, the doorbell company as well. So, I mean, I don't know. Doorbells. <laughs> smart doorbells. It's the future. Technology the future coming to you. <laughs> um, and that, I believe, concludes the earnings report. The question is, uh, will any of these companies reach the coveted $1 trillion market cap mark anytime soon? 
Yeah, I mean, Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, and and Apple, those are the four companies that people debate over who's going to be first to a trillion. I think for a while, everyone thought it was going to be Apple, but now there's so many other companies that are worth a lot of money that that things are getting closer. I mean, all of these have have market caps over 700 billion, some over 800 billion. (laughs) Um, I I think I saw a stat once that uh, Microsoft, if you look at dollar adjusted to today's standards, has already crossed a trillion dollars. Um, dollar adjusted in terms of in today's dollars. So back in two thousand one, or I think the, oh, the oh, peak oh, of if the, you go back in time and then do inflation. Yep, and then you see. adjust for inflation. They they crossed a, the that equivalent of a trillion dollar. No, <laughs> today's market cap of well, they're, Microsoft. They're, they're, they're still my favorite. I'm a Microsoft fanboy, so I'd love for those guys. Yeah, they have seven hundred. Okay, so they have seven hundred thirty-two billion for their market cap, whereas Apple has eight hundred and twenty-nine point six billion. And then we've got Amazon. I'm Googling this stuff real quick, guys. Um, Amazon, it's $734.8 billion. And then Face- Alphabet. Alphabet's uh, 723.2, and Facebook is 505.9. So the hierarchy goes... Well, yeah, Facebook was, was, wasn't was one of the four that we had no, mentioned. No, it's, but- the, it's a little baby company yeah. compared. <laughs> um, but I, I guess the hierarchy goes Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, Facebook. But the Amazon, Microsoft, Google are all within you know 10 billion of each other, which at that level is not much. It, yeah, they're they're all neck and neck. So, yeah, they're, they're catching, they're gaining on Apple. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think for a while everyone thought it was going to be Apple that would be the first to a trillion. But now I think a lot of people are thinking Amazon. Um, and then, you know, there was an analyst that recently came out and said that it would be Microsoft and their shares went up because of that. And then, of course, <laughs> Alphabet has been, you know, chugging along for quite some time. Um, and they, they seem to do a lot of things right. So, so this is my prediction. If Amazon focuses on profitability, I bet they could do it. Um, but they're if, not going to. Well, right. And then if Microsoft... Um, Cloud business grows. I think they have they have a decent shot. But what about Alphabet's yeah, but, cloud business? Yeah, well, again, Microsoft fanboy. I'm trying to root for the underdog here. <laughs> Why do you like Microsoft so much? <laughs> well, uh, I was telling everyone earlier, if you want to get real work done, you need to do it on a PC. Alex and I have our MacBooks right here in front of us, so I think that was a dig at us for those of you who can't see what's happening in this room. This Uh, is the first time, maybe not the first time, the first time that I can recall any time recently that a guest has come into the room and uncorked a... Lenovo ThinkPad. Like this is this is a full on Windows PC in the room. This is not like some sort of like cool HP device. No, no. This is and you're not that old either. (laughs) (laughs) He's actually 87. He just looks very good. Um, Investing in longevity companies. uh, But I use a Windows 10 PC at home too. I'm a I'm a dual I'm a dual guy. I like to do both, but that really ruins my shortcuts. When I go home from work, I have to like move from control to command. Well, if you it's want, killer. if you want to edit media, then I agree. And Apple is probably probably the best. But if you want to produce documents, if you want to do cap tables, you want to work in Excel. What do you think about Excel? Kanye was tweeting about Excel. He doesn't like Excel. <laughs> if we go down, I'm sorry, this episode I, would I not be easy if we didn't comment on Kanye. I, was I mean, say, Kanye has we... tweeted about a lot of relevant stuff. He's going to be a VC now and president, both. And, and he both. said, "Decentralization." As of yesterday, he announced both. 
I just if we if we do Kanye, we will not get to the IPOs. I'm not well, I, just, I mean, it was relevant. He tweeted about Excel. He also tweeted about Google. He wants to meet Larry from Google. He tweeted about all these companies. Like it's, it's been I, entertaining. I wish when I went on a Twitter rampage, it made international news like Kanye. Kanye just literally <laughs> just gave us one day's picture into his brain. Everyone went, oh, "My gosh, this is it's amazing!" It's been several days. Alex. Well, the, the, the one quote <laughs> that stopped and made me think was Kanye is this uh, uh, is our era Shakespeare. Huh. Oh. Huh? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, let's go ahead and just say yes and move on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Right, that's about Kanye. Um, square, square bought Weebly today. Yeah, for, right before we came on for, air. It seems like a lot of money, but it's actually not because they bought it for three hundred and sixty-five million. And Alex pulled it up. What did what it was Weebly invested at? Uh, so according to TechCrunch.com, in twenty fourteen, when Weebly, which Katie will explain what it is in a minute, uh, raised thirty-five million in a Series C. It was valued at three four hundred and fifty five million pre money, and as our guest pointed out, using a different data platform, four hundred ninety million dollars post money. So huge valuation. It was a half a unicorn, and then what happened? It's not a unicorn anymore, but it it did find an outcome, which means somebody made money. Not everybody made money, but some people made money. Um, not as much money as they thought they were going to make, but something happened, and it's a cash and stock deal. Square, uh, for those of you who don't know, that's the the payments company, or they do a lot with small businesses. I mean, they they started out as that mobile transaction thing where you could you could make payments on an iPad, but they do all sorts of stuff for small businesses now. Weebly it makes it easy to build websites. Sites. Uh, interestingly, Ruloff at Sequoia is on the board of both of those. I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think it's Ruloff coincidence. Ruloff is great. Either. He's been on our show. He's nice. um, you know. Was he the guy who had all the Teslas? Yeah. But <laughs> ah, <laughs> I've got stories there. about that. So, episode. so Sequoia and Weebly are close. I mean, I went to a party, oh, a Sequoia party at the Weebly headquarters once. Apparently, Weebly throws good parties in general. But what they really do is they build websites and um, they compete with Squarespace and Wix. And um, but Square owns them now, so that was a thing that happened. Um, other investors were Y Combinator, so I mean it's a win if you invested at YC Demo Day. I mean you should probably gotten in really early, although we don't know what happened with like ratchets and liquidation preferences. But uh, Tencent was also in it, so. Um, yeah. So from the from from an investor perspective, tell us how you kind of look at this deal compared to its via prior valuation, and mm. how do you go like, oh that was not so good, or that might have been good for those guys. How do you kind of handicap this sort of transaction? Um, so I'd say that the latest investors, uh, the ones in the $490 million round that you talked about, the, the ones in the $490 million round that you talked about, uh, probably didn't make money, but they probably didn't lose money. Okay. Um, so when you think about, uh, you know, being a VC, we're, you know, we're really trying to kind of swing for the fences and invest in companies that, you know, have outsized returns. So from, from that perspective, it was, you know, high opportunity cost. They could have invested that money elsewhere. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, they didn't lose money and, you know, that that's how so some bad. things, yeah. That's how how things go sometimes. So I think um, it was probably you know worth the shot. I think in this case it was a bit of a cash stock deal. So it sounds like maybe Sequoia is kind of rolling this opportunity over into Square to see if they can get uh, some return from from the stock that they're going to get in that company. Well, Square has had an incredibly impressive stock market run over the last I want to say year or so. So I'm kind of curious if they're getting into Square at a relatively high price. As if the stock they're getting is not exactly valued inexpensively, so they're not. It's not a cheap stock deal for the, the investors in the company. But if Square continues to do well, then the investors could be made whole. So yeah, I guess absolutely. that's the point. You know, it's not an all cash deal because there is some stock. Uh, it is a bet on Square, perhaps. 
Yeah, but the crazy thing is, I get the argument you're making about being a swing for the fences because two competitors are worth a lot more. So Wix, I just pulled this up. I didn't know Wix is worth $3.9 billion. I did. I've been to their headquarters in Israel, and it's amazing. They have this really cool view. They're in Tel Aviv, and they have an office overlooking the water. I mean, they they had to be rich to afford the office that they have in Tel Aviv. Well, I wish you told me that. (laughs) I I just got my my mind blown. And also, according to the same TC piece... um, um, I think it was that uh, Squarespace is worth like uh, over a billion dollars, $1.7 billion as of last year. So this transaction, which I thought was huge to begin with, turns out is small by two measures, its prior valuation and also its cognates. Um, maybe that's why Square thinks they get a bargain. We Weebly. It's a we company. <laughs> we. Well, Sorry. it really should be a WeWork. I can't help myself. So many other odds and ends are ending up at WeWork these days. Well, it's not, it sounds like it was a rational bet. Um, and maybe you know, there's all, hopefully there's some synergy here where uh, there can be some cross selling across across the Squarespace and Weebly platforms, and so maybe they can continue that stock run that you were commenting earlier about. Well, there's another big company that you probably haven't paid close attention to because they're not in Silicon Valley, and that's Ceridian. They're in <laughs> Minneapolis, and they probably ring a bell because they're like kind of a big company, but they they do payroll software, and that's really boring. But they compete with ADP and Workday, and they raised a lot of money. Um, so they raised 462 million in their IPO. Um, I talked to their CEO earlier, and he was telling me all about all the great things they can do, like keep track of payroll and benefits and onboarding and uh, you know it's a SaaS business they they charge clients like BlackRock and Trader Joe's uh, a fee per employee per month and uh, they're also lesser known out here not just because of their geographic location but because they didn't have venture capital they had private equity they've actually been around for a really long time supposedly in 1992 but that they've changed what they were doing a bunch of times and they were acquired by um, well they are the majority owned by Thomas H. Lee the private equity firm which owns 60 percent of the company before the IPO and that was they got their stake in 2007 and they also had investments from uh, Fidelity um, and then but really their business became what it is today in 2012 when they bought Dayforce Corporation and that is how David Ossip became the CEO because he was at, at Dayforce and so he basically continued counts that as the beginning of their business is and, that the cloud bit that I saw in the S1A so that's the yeah that's basically the part where they they acquired this single code based platform and that it became the business that it is today uh, where they feel like they have a competitive software business that uh, a lot of major companies want to use. And, and they do have a lot of companies using it. They had $750.7 million in revenue for 2017, up from $704.2 million the year before and $693.9 million in 2015. So slow growth, but growing. Uh, losses are shrinking, though. Um, they shrunk from $104.7 million to $10.5 million in the same time period. And when Ooh. I asked him what they were going to do with the money, he said we're paying off a bunch of debt. They do. So they, they have do a lot of debt. That. Yes. yes. Uh, that's what I was going to bring up. Is that this was a this was a, a transaction that made a lot of sense to me financially because yeah. their losses are moving very quickly towards profitability. But wouldn't it be great to get some of that debt off your shoulders? Why not let the public markets pay that for you? Well, I think similar to the Square Weebly conversation we were having, that from an investor perspective, I actually don't think this was that great of an outcome. So the company, as you mentioned, was uh, taken private in 2007. Uh, I think at a 5.3 billion dollar valuation. Um, or transaction size. Uh, my back of the envelope, and I don't think this was disclosed, was that the investors probably put in around $2.7 billion in cash into that deal, and the rest of it was probably debt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the, in the IPO, they're taking out only about 2.34. So again, not 
you know, not a huge loss, but uh, they didn't get the 20 to 30 percent you know, year-over-year return that LBOs tend to look for. But it's a big win for the New York Stock Exchange, which is in this endless fight with the NASDAQ to get their business, <laughs> and they um, got listed under the ticker C-D-A-Y. And so. critically, according to the Star Tribune, this was the largest ever IPO in Minnesota. Huh. There, there you go. Good well, for Minnesota. That's the little Apparently, f- there are a lot of businesses based in Minnesota. They're just not tech companies. But they have, they're, they're, no, they have they have a lot happening in Minneapolis. I haven't been to Minneapolis, but this is what I hear. If, if a company isn't a tech company, is it really a company or is it more? Oh, com- wow. I, well, that was sarcasm. <laughs> I was making fun of myself. No, they have like real companies there, like companies that have been around for a while, like Target. <laughs> I've been to Target, yeah. Um, but looking ahead, uh, before we, we wrap up, we can't not give you the IPO forecast, your weather report. Um, and so uh, really briefly, there are two companies going public um, that are going to price Maybe in the next like hour, but we're going to give you just a quick note about them beforehand. Uh, DocuSign and Smartsheet are both set to price their IPOs tonight on Thursday. And by the time you hear this on Friday morning, it is probably going to be out there trading. So go ahead and take a look. DocuSign raised its range from 24 to 26 to 26 to 28. And Smartsheet raised its range from 10 to 12 to 12 to 14. So early momentum there. It'll be curious to see how they go out. They're very different companies. Um, and uh, DocuSign, we talked about a bunch on the show before, but it's going to be curious to see how they, how they do. And uh, IPO season continues. And Carbon that, Black is next week. So Oh, that's right. There's Carbon just a lot Black's happening. A lot happening in the IPO world. IPOs are back. They're hot. They are so hot. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in. Come back next week. All right, everyone. We want to say a special thanks to our producer, TechCrunch's own Christopher Gates, our executive producer, Henry Pickavet. Thank you to Katie Roof. Thank you to Matthew Lindley. And thank you to you for leaving us that five-star iTunes review. That's Equity. We'll see you all next Friday. Equity.